Good morning. How many people actually know the words to Auld Lang Syne? It's a song that is often sung around late December as we approach a new year, and usually either at the end of Christmas or especially on uh, New Year's Eve as we begin to count down from 30 to 10, 9, 8, 7, all the way down to 1, and then the ball drops and we all shout Happy New Year. Someone blows a kazoo, and then around that time of celebration, someone starts singing or playing on the piano or something, the words to the song Auld Lang Syne. Now we know the title, we're familiar with that part of it, but for the most part I think we often end up kind of muddling our way through it. We kind of hum and, and hmm, Auld Lang Syne our way through it. And we sound a lot like Jimmy Stewart at the end of It's a Wonderful Life. But the words actually have great significance and there's some, some good application that can be made from it when you look at those words from a spiritual, biblical perspective. How about this one? Are you familiar with the phrase that begins, roses are red, violets are blue? I think most people know the opening to everyone's favorite cheesy love poem. But those words are attributed to actually a variety of different sources. No one's really sure who started that trend of, of cheesy uh, poems with those words. But one of those potential sources is a Scottish poet named Rabbi Burns. And Rabbi Burns wrote the words to the song, Auld Lang Syne. Now, he being Scottish, he technically speaks English, but the uh, the dialect can often be difficult to decipher. But there are English words being sung when you sing the words Auld Lang Syne. As a matter of fact, the words Auld Lang Syne mean literally old long since. Now, when you put it that way, it just sounds like nonsense words. It doesn't sound like it means anything. Uh, but it actually has some deep significance to them. Here are the actual words to the song. Old Lang Syne. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot in days of Old Lang Syne? For Old Lang Syne, my dear, for Old Lang Syne, we'll take a cup of kindness yet for days of Old Lang Syne. So the idea behind the lyrics is should we forget those that we're leaving behind? Should we dismissively say, oh, that's just part of days gone by? old long since. No, we should celebrate and remember the days gone by. We should raise a toast of a, a cup of kindness yet to remember fondly the past that we're leaving behind as we move into a new year, which is why it's so often sung around the new year. I don't think the song was originally meant to be a new year song. It was just the idea of I'm moving forward and I'm not going to let the past hinder me as I keep pressing forward. I'm going to let the past be what's behind me and I will remember fondly the good of the past but not let the negative or even the reminiscing of the good pull me back and hold me down. So from that it's very obvious why we started singing it traditionally around New Year's. It's a very good song to kind of set forth a new beginning. We're going to turn the page, turn the calendar, turn over a new leaf. All those ideas are kind of baked into that idea of Auld Lang Syne. Now, I am a sentimentalist by my nature. I am very, um, very heavily influenced by nostalgia. Little things like that really appeal to me and, and pull on my heartstrings. Um, and so a song like this means a lot. It speaks to me more than it probably many other songs do here at North Heights. And really, you can say this about congregations of the Lord's people all over the world, but I know here at North Heights, we have lost loved ones. We've had members of ours who have had family members that have passed on from this world in 2018 and they were buried and laid to rest in a grave somewhere. 
And so we're going to move on into 2019. We're going to start a new year, but we're going to leave behind those loved ones who will forever have on their tombstone the year ending 2018. Whereas our years will progress. We'll move on to 2019. They will forever stay in 2018. And that concept can easily pull us back and make us not want to press forward. And we'll think about, well, I don't want to leave my loved ones behind. Should I just forget them? Should old acquaintance just be forgot? And there's some biblical um, application you can make from that, how it can be dangerous to let the past, good or bad, hinder our spirituality. Let me read you something from Philippians chapter 3. This is what Paul writes, starting in verse number 10. He says that I may know him, him being Christ, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Now that's Paul talking about how the, the Christian life is condensed into an understanding and a life lived in reflection of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Again, he says, I want to know Christ. What does that mean? The power of his rising, the fellowship of his suffering, and conforming to his death. That is Christianity. But there at the core of Christianity is a death, burial, and resurrection, a new beginning. So that naturally leads Paul to add in verse 12 through 14, not as though I had already attained or were already perfect, or that word really means complete, but I follow after so that I'm, if I have, may have, if that I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to the things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So here is Paul saying, I'm not saying that I've already achieved everything I want to achieve. I'm pressing forward and I'm not letting the past hold me back. I'm constantly moving ahead. I am reaching for the things that are in front of me. And I am, Paul says, forgetting those things that are behind me. Now that takes us to the last two verses we're looking at, verses 15 and 16, where Paul says, Let us therefore, as many as be complete, be thus minded. If in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this uh, even uh, unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. We haven't achieved the end of our faith, the 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 death and the coming into a new life with God in heaven. We haven't achieved that yet. But we have a life belonging to heaven here in this world. We have a resurrected life we get to belong to and enjoy now. So we have attained some, but we haven't attained all yet. And in order for us to get from here to there, we have to press forward and not let the past hinder us. And so Paul says, I'm going to let the power of his resurrection define me. I'm going to let the fact that I put my old life to death and I started a new life be the goal um, that continually drives me forward. This new life culminating in heaven someday. Now, someone to that might say, but Paul, what about days gone by? What about the old long since? Paul says, this one thing I do, I forget the things that are behind. I reach for the things that are ahead. I press toward the goal of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. But then he says, let us have the same attitude. Let us walk by the same rule. Let us have the same mind. But still, someone else might say, but Paul, should our old acquaintance be forgot? You're saying, forget the things that are behind. Should, should we forget everything that's behind us? And of course, that's not what he means. He means, forget the things that are behind you that might hinder you. Paul would say, if the old acquaintances of our past are Christians, 
they won't be forgot because they're not in our past. They're in our future. We'll see them again at the final resurrection and the second coming of Christ. But someone else might say, but, but this acquaintance in the past of mine is not a Christian. I won't see them again. Well, in that case, don't let the fact that you're going to press forward and they're not stop you from pressing forward. Don't let the fact that some of the people we're leaving behind are not going to Christ. You're going to Christ. I'm going to Christ. I'm not going to let those who aren't going to Christ stop me from getting to him. Stop me from living with him, for him, and with him forever someday. The devil wants me to dwell on the past. The devil wants what's behind me to keep me from going to what's ahead of me. So we're going to let that be forgotten. With that said, as I think about the end of this kind of half year that I've had here as your preacher at North Heights, along with Alex and now Sean, we look forward, the three of us, to the future. We look forward to a great, what we think will be a great 2019, our first full year with the whole ministry team now assembled. And we're very excited about what we have coming. We've just finished a year's worth of studies in 2018 discussing our life in Christ. Next year, 2019, we're going to talk about doing things in spirit and in truth, living the right way, doing the right things, having the right attitude, engaging in the right practices, spirit and truth. And me and Alex have a whole series of sermons planned, peppered throughout the year, that reflect on that idea. So I hope that you have plans. As, as a member of the body of Christ that worships here at the North Heights Church, I hope you have plans to get plugged in, to find ways you can be active and ways you can be um, uh, assisting to the growing of this congregation, both in number and in spirit and in truth and in fellowship and in grace and all the ways you can help yourself grow and your church family grow. Be thinking about how you can do that and plug yourself in to that. Let me say this as we close the book on 2018. I had, uh, I had a great year. The first half of my year was the end of my time with the Guy Church of Christ. The second half of this year was the beginning of my time here. I'm very thankful for everything that I had at Guy and everything that I'm gaining here at North Heights. I hope you also can look back and say, I had a great year. I hope you can say you had a great year. I hope your year was filled with wonderful experiences. I hope that it brought you great joy. I hope that you drew closer to Christ and to your Christian family. But if not, even if your year was lousy, if nothing went right, if everything went wrong, if you feel right now farther away from God than you did on January 1, 2018, let me tell you, there is nothing you can do about that. There's nothing you can change. There's no way you can go back in time and do it over again. You cannot get another New Year's 2018 to start over with. All you can have is a New Year 2019. All you can have is a resolution that I'm going to start over and I'm going to draw closer to Christ so that when I close out the next year, I'll be closer to him than I am when I started that very year. Take this bad year, if you had one, and as this year draws to a close, cast it to Auld Lang Syne. Throw it to the past and press on toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Jesus Christ. Start 2019 on a right note. You draw closer to God, and he will draw closer to you, James says in James 4.8. So I hope that you're headed to this new year with a sense of excitement and enthusiasm. I hope you have trust that God will guide you because he will if you listen to him and trust that he'll take you where you need to go, not just this year, but for the whole rest of your life. I would also encourage all of us to reflect on what Paul said in the text that we read earlier. 
to leave the worldly past behind, to serve God in the present, and press toward the finish line that is in all of our futures, if we're faithful Christians. Before we end this, I have one more thing I want to share with you. I have this tradition that goes back to, in fact, before I was the preacher at Guy, even when I was the preacher at Higdon um, in north central Arkansas. I have this tradition where every year, just, either just before or just after Christmas, I read my favorite poem. And it's by a man named Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And if you know the history of him, you can probably know where I'm going and what poem I'm going to read. But if you don't know about Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, this was a man who lived around the Civil War time. And he had a life of tremendous tragedy in his history. On uh, He kept a regular diary, and we have the records of his diary entries. And they give us some great insight into the struggles and challenges that he had overcome in his life. On July 10th, 1861, that's the beginning of the Civil War, thereabouts, his wife Fanny was killed in a fire. In fact, it was his second wife. His first one died as well. Um, and five months after that, on Christmas Day, 1861, he writes these words in his journal. How inexpre inexpressibly sad are all holidays. That's a very sad entry on what's supposed to be the happiest day of the year. He continued to write in his journal, but his entry on Christmas Day, 1862, only says these words, quote, I can make no record of this day. Better to leave it wrapped in silence. Perhaps someday God will give me peace. This is a man going through Great Depression in the period of a dark time in our nation's history. Just before the Christmas of 1863, his son, who was a soldier in the Union Army, was crippled during battle. And on that Christmas, 1863, he writes these words in his journal. He says, A Merry Christmas, say the children, but it is no more for me. The following Christmas, 1864, as the Civil War was soon to end, he penned a different kind of journal entry, something not filled with darkness and sadness, but with great optimism, with great confidence for the future. And it is my favorite poem, it's also one of my favorite Christmas songs because the lyrics came from this poem. I'd like to read it to you. His entry is entitled Christmas Bells, and it goes like this. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men, and thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then from each black accursed mouth the cannon thundered in the south, and with the sound the carols drowned of peace on earth, Goodwill to men. It wasn't as if an earthquake had rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth. Goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth. Goodwill to men. Then peal the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, 
goodwill to men. Here's a man, Longfellow, who had every reason imaginable to give up, to see that his life was bad, had been bad, and would probably stay bad. But instead of dwelling on the negativity, instead of letting the past consume him, as some of those earlier journal entries hinted that it was happening, instead of letting it define him, he chose to take his negativity and leave it in the past and put trust that God lives. And by the living God and the power of Jesus' resurrection, he said, God is not dead, nor does God sleep on the sorrow of the world. In the end, the wrong will fail and the right will prevail and peace on earth will come. Goodwill to men. Thank you very much. And while I've got you on the phone, if you want to subscribe, you can do so by going to anchor.fm slash matthew-martin414. I've got uh, free audio files here and there that I'll release every now and then, but for the most part, I put everything behind a massive giant paywall where you have to pay upwards of, I think it's 99 cents a month. So if you can, if you can manage that a dollar a month, <clears throat> that's, you know, it's not easy, but if you want to whip out a buck, then you get hundreds of audio files of all of my sermons and classes and devotionals. So it's uh, anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W dash Martin 414 and hit subscribe for a buck and you get all my hundreds and hundreds of audio files. All right. Thank you.